Welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Friday, July 3rd. Happy 4th of July weekend. And I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for joining me today. Yesterday, we talked about the White Sox. Yuck. Talked about them yesterday. Why I don't think that they're as big of a threat as everyone makes them out to be. I went player by player in their lineup. Talked a little bit about the rotation. And today was a big day for baseball again. Uh, Jeff Passan wrote a great article at the beginning of the day talking about why it's a big day. The COVID-19 Testing numbers came out today for all of the players and personnel tested. Uh, let's look at the number here. 3,000, let's see, 3,185 total samples collected and tested um, before these players started camp. And I thought it was a good sign that these players were at camp, a lot of them. And we didn't hear much about IL stands. We heard that four Phillies went on the IL. Um, and those four Phillies were four of only 31 players that were tested positive for the virus. Also, only seven staff members. That's 1.2% of the 3,185 samples. 1.2, they say under 5% is the goal. 1.2% of players and personnel testing positive. Two twins tested positive. Williams Asadio is one of them. And then two in the minor league system, Eduardo Colina and Nick Gordon tested positive as well. So Asadio's asymptomatic. He's quarantining and uh, should join the club here in the next few weeks in spring training or in summer training. But wow, this is great news today. I think it's news that we can tangibly be excited about, that not a lot of players are coming into camp sick. It's one of many hurdles that the league faces throughout this season, but it is the first big one um, that these players, only seven, or excuse me, only 38 out of uh, those 3,000 players and personnel tested positive, which is awesome. 1.2%, um, seven staff members I was trying to say, but 1.2% uh, is awesome. I have an article dropping at Twins Daily tonight, Twins opening day lineup. We also heard that the Dodgers are playing on opening day on July 23rd, and it sounds like they're playing the Giants in primetime, and the Yankees are playing the Nationals. So three National League teams and the Yankees, of course, um, on opening day on July 23rd. The Twins will open on July 24th. And here's the lineup that I have settled on this week. I'm going to tell you, this has changed for me since they signed Josh Donaldson, even before then. has changed for me a million times about where I think each guy should bat in the order. But I go on these little kicks with Twins players where, like, one week I'm really into, like, Luis Arise stats. Like, that was this week. Some weeks I'm really into, like, Nelson Cruz stats or Max Kepler stats or Jorge Polanco stats or Miguel Sano. Sano a lot, Garver a lot because they're – 2019 seasons were so fascinating I'm always into Josh Donaldson stats so you can always hit me with those he's my favorite player um, but uh, you know these other guys I go on little kicks with and this week it was it was Luis Arise and that's why he's leading off in my lineup in the article that drops tonight because since 1950 three rookies with at least 350 plate appearances have hit 320 or more in their age 22 or younger season Luis Arise hit 334 in 2019 that's the highest Albert Pujols is in second, hit 329 in 2001. Mike Trout hit 326 in 2012. All rookies, all uh, unbelievable rookie seasons in their age 22 or younger season. But Luis Arise tops Pujols and Trout, two future Hall of Famers, which is uh, unreal. I did say batting average can be misleading, and I don't want to make it sound like when I talk about a Tim Anderson, I, I – discredit batting average and when I talk about Luis Arise I credit batting average the difference is when you back up the batting average with on base percentage uh, a player who hits 330 with a 350 on base percentage is much less valuable just think of this 330 if you hit 330 with a 350 on base percentage you're less valuable than a player who hits 280 with a 375 on base percentage a walk is just as good as a single and of course it matters 
where that quality of contact is coming from. For example, if you're hitting 330 with a 350 on base percentage, but you're hitting a home run uh, every time in that 330 average, then that's more valuable than even a 375 on base percentage because a homer is more valuable than a walk. But a walk is just as good as a single. Arise passes that test, and that's the test that I'm talking about. Tim Anderson wasn't bad on base last year. I mean, I think he was. Uh, he might have been top. I think he might have been right inside like the top 50 in the in the entire league. I, I believe so. He wasn't bad at all. But Arise passes the test with flying colors. In the American League, only Mike Trout, Alex Bregman, and his fellow and Arise fellow rookie Jordan Alvarez had a higher on base percentage than he did uh, in 2019. Arise on base percentage 3.99, so he walks a ton, doesn't strike out a lot, and also hits the ball really, really well. High rate of contact and gets on base almost 40% of the time, or at least he did in 2019. My final line here is he should lead off. I have Donaldson batting second in this lineup. In my recent lineups, I've had him batting cleanup. Um, but I think in a shortened campaign, your best hitter should see the plate as much as possible. And in 2019, Donaldson was phenomenal. He tied Nolan Arenado for the 19th highest on base percentage in baseball at 379. Tied Chris Bryant for the 37th highest slugging percentage at 521. And he finished seventh in the entire league with 100 walks. Since 2013, Josh Donaldson ranks seventh in walks with 541. 15th and on base percentage at 376 and 11th in extra base hits at 430. Primarily hit second during his three plus uh, MVP seasons in Toronto. I think he should hit second in this lineup, or at least that's where I stand as of today. Third, Nelly's locked in at number three. Historic season last year. I found that only Edgar Martinez, Victor Martinez, David Ortiz, Frank Thomas, and Travis Hafner have posted a higher OPS plus at DH than Cruz did in 2019. Truly historic season. We know what it was with the age 38 seasons on the backdrop. I think it was Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, Lou Gehrig, unreal names, Mickey Mantle that he was up with for highest OPS by a 38 or, or Age, a player in their age 38 season. Um, Nelly slotted in at three. Also hitting behind two on-base percentage guys like Arise and Donaldson is going to give him so many opportunities to drive in runs. I think he's going to be a terror again this summer. Uh, really could be in a 60-game season as well. I think he's going to come out ready to roll. Hitting cleanup has got to be a lefty because you go lefty Arise, two righties in a row. I do think Donaldson and Cruz are going to bat uh, behind or in front of each other anyway, even if this isn't what the lineup looks like. I think either Donaldson's going to bat two, Cruz three, or Cruz three, Donaldson four. I have Kepler four in this lineup because he's a lefty and he's coming after Donaldson and Cruz. And because he was actually a better slugger than he was an on-base threat last year. Uh, he slugged 519. That was higher than Anthony Rizzo and Carlos Santana, but he ranked 79th with a 336 on base percentage. We know a big part of that is his rate of his quality of contact is not good when it's not an extra base hit. Uh, his batting average of balls in play is like always low because when he does make contact and puts it in play, if it's not in the gap, if it's not a homer, they rarely ever drop in for hits. It's like pop-ups, weak grounders. It's just the way that uh, the ball comes off his bat. So he's more almost better in a four-hole spot than he is in a leadoff spot, and especially when you have Luis Arise. I mean, especially when you have a guy who gets on base 40% of the time. I think you need him leading off. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they create a non-contact delivery. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. 
They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. When you, when you start a lineup, and this happened all offseason after they signed Donaldson, when you start a lineup going Arise, Donaldson, Cruz, Kepler, you're missing a big name and statistically the most valuable twin from 2019, and that's Jorge Polanco, who was slotted into the two-hole behind Kepler before Cruz last year, uh, primarily. He came out sizzling. He hit 335 with a 1,002 OPS and 28 extra base hits in his first 50 games. Started Starting shortstop in the All-Star game, we know, slotted in that two-hole. Uh, but he was cold in June, and his on-base percentage was abysmal in uh, July, 291. He bounced back in August. He hit 309 on-base, 397, slugged 482. And on the season, his OPS plus of 120, meaning he was 20% above league average in terms of OPS, ranked him fourth among all shortstops. This spot says more about the Twins' historic lineup than it does Polanco. I don't want him batting sixth. I just think that's too low. I have him at fifth as a switch hitter uh, who hits righties better. Miguel Sano is batting sixth in this lineup. There is an incorrect assumption, and I've said it on the show, that because he strikes out a lot, he's undisciplined. That's not true because Sano's chase rate has been well below Major League Baseball average for basically his entire career. His whiff rate or his swing and miss, yes, it's very high, but those two categories are mutually exclusive. He walks a ton. He walked in 12.5% of his plate appearances in 2019. That was more than 4%. That was 4% more than the league average, over 4% more. His hard hit rate is in the literal 100th percentile. His barrel rate, 100th percentile. He's on the cusp of becoming a truly elite slugger, one who walks a lot and hits a ton of home runs and, yes, strikes out a lot too. Miguel Sano batting sixth is almost criminal. Mitch Garver, seventh, another criminal spot here. He homered more often than any other player in baseball last year who hit at least 30. He slugged 630, the highest for a catcher since Javi Lopez in 2003. Should not be expected to repeat that 995 OPS from a year ago, but I'm not going to bet against him to be below like 900 in a shortened season. I know the bar sits so high for him, um, but I honestly think he's that good. He has elite plate discipline. Chase rate was a whopping 11% below league average in 2019, and that's where you look when you talk about regression. If a player does not have discipline like Tim Anderson, you can expect his numbers to go down. If a player does have discipline like Mitch Garver, I don't see much. Do I see regression from slugging 630? Absolutely. But I don't see his on-base going down. I don't really see his general production going down as much as, as we all assume it to go. He hit 341 against fastballs. He forced those pitchers to come in with heaters. That's not a it's not a coincidence whatsoever that he's so disciplined. He forces fastballs in and crushes them. He's going to have adjustments to make for sure against breakers and off speed. But again, I, I'm not going to bet against him. You shouldn't either. Batting eighth, and I tweeted out a lineup and talked yesterday about how I think Eddie Rosario might bat fifth, and I still believe that. But if I were to make a lineup today, I would bat him eighth. Um, his 300 on base percentage in 2019 was the lowest for a qualified twin since Torrey Hunter in 2015 at 293. He doesn't deserve to hit much higher than eighth in, in this historic lineup. He really, really does not, in my opinion, because the numbers don't back it up. The lack of approach, it, it's come more and more to the surface. And he, I want to make something clear. I don't think Eddie Rosario is a bad hitter. On the contrary, I think Eddie Rosario is a really, really good hitter. But I think when you had, I think he's a perfect example of when you don't have discipline at the plate, 
all of your numbers sap. I think the most important thing at the plate is discipline. And I, I'm not like a baseball whiz no, saying that. I mean, that's long been known, and it's the hardest thing to do. It's easier said than done. But Eddie Rosario's numbers are sapped because he's not disciplined at the plate. His exit velocity is sapped. His barrel rate is sapped. His OPS is sapped. His on-base percentage is sapped. Everything goes down when you chase too much. And that's Rosario, and I don't think he's a bad player. I think his aggressiveness that helped him get to the league, I think his aggressiveness is great. I think it went above and beyond acceptable last year in terms of you're not really doing any service to the team by going up there and swimming, swinging at a pitch two feet above your head. Um, it, it's not, it's not, it doesn't look good, especially in a lineup full of guys who take pitches, spin on pitches. We also know Mitch Garver, Nelson Cruz, now Josh Donaldson. It's going to be even more apparent when Eddie is swinging wildly. Again, I think Eddie Rosario is a good hitter. I think he's a really good baseball player. He's a borderline all-star when he's on. But the aggressiveness has gone above and beyond acceptable range. I think that's the best way to put it from my perspective. Batting ninth, leaves the center fielder. Sounds like he's 100%. Can't wait to see him. One of the biggest silver linings for the 2020 Twins is that he is healthy. Byron Buxton, the true X factor for the 2020 Twins. I said he's capable of turning a really good Twins team into a great Twins team. He's elite in center field. Finally seemed to figure it out at the plate last year. He hit 262 with a 315 on base percentage and slugged 513 in 87 games. I think he's an ideal fit for the nine hole. Not just because he doesn't get on base a ton, just because hitting before Luis Arise when the lineup flips over, I think is really, really nice because Buxton gets on first. Arise singles him over to third because Buck is so fast, as we know. You have first and third for Donaldson Cruz Kepler. And that sounds like music to my ears. It sounds like runs. It sounds like runs equals twins wins. And that's why I love Buxton at nine. Just Not just because uh, the on-base numbers aren't there and because he's been a light hitter in, in recent years before 2019, but because hitting before Luis arrives is going to be really, really great, I think, when the lineup turns over. And it doesn't give a pitcher any breaks. Now, you get to the bottom of the lineup, you're like, oh, you know, Bucks, Rosario and Buxton don't get on as well. Rosario can hit a homer any time. I mean, he slugged 500 last year. And then Buck, who can also has pop, will get on first. Now you got to worry about him stealing second. Not only that, you got Luis Arise at the plate who gets on base at a 40% clip who can walk him over to second, also can single him over to third. And then, oh, you have Josh Donaldson, uh, who finished 11th in MVP voting last year in the National League and has won an MVP. Uh, and then Nelson Cruz, the best DH in baseball right after him. And then Max Kepler with 36 homers last year. And the list goes on and on. I could talk all day about this lineup, how special it is. Even when it rolls over, it's special. Uh, I'm really excited to see what they do. Sounds like baseball took a really, really great step today. Really important step to starting their season here in 2020 in less than three weeks. And it sounds like uh, the Twins are going to play on the 24th. They will not be playing the Dodgers because the Dodgers aren't on their schedule. And uh, they're not the Yankees or the Dodgers, as we know. Uh, I'll roll my eyes at that one. Also, that they didn't get any Sunday night baseball games this year. Whatever. It's fine. The Twins are going to prove it to you. Have a great weekend. Happy 4th of July. I hope you enjoy it with your friends and family safely. I'll be back next Monday. Two more full weeks of Locked On Twins before baseball comes back. Can't wait to talk it all with you. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.